This, ladies and gentlemen, is the geologic column. This right here is what was developed in the early 1800s, and it was used as the scientific evidence to prove that the earth was very, very old, much older than the Bible claimed. It, it was the scientific gateway through which people accepted Darwin's evolution theory. After all, if there was so much time that had passed in Earth's history, evolution might be possible. This in turn caused people to reject the authority of the Bible. And today, so much of the secular worldview is based on those rock layers being billions of years old. However, that idea, the idea that they are billions of years old is being destroyed by none other than science itself. I went out on the street this last weekend and I asked some people, hey, have you ever heard of the geologic column? And I was going to tell them how, you know, it was the foundation and it was it's being destroyed by real science. And and I thought most people, I mean, they've grown up. Everybody in school has to learn about the geologic column. It's the foundation for the old earth worldview and for the evolution beliefs. And I thought, surely everybody will have learned this. And then from there, I can go right into the truth about the geologic column. And then from there into the gospel. Let's hit the streets, guys, because I found out, um, no, not everybody knows about the geologic column. Hey, I'm asking people today if they've ever heard of the geologic column. You ever heard of the geologic column? I have oh, not. Never. No idea what that is? Nope. Have you ever heard of the geologic column? No, I have not. What is the geologic column? I've never heard of it. I have absolutely no idea. No idea? I have no idea. Do you know what the geologic column is? Yeah. Nope. Never heard of it? Never yeah. heard of it. Do you remember ever seeing a picture in school of all the layers to the earth? Not like the core and the mantle and the crust, but like at the Grand Canyon, all those different layers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you do, you've seen all those? Like, the what now? Like sediment? Yeah, all the different layers of sediment. When we put those together from around the world, we call that the geologic column. I could not believe not one person I interviewed out of a bunch of people said, oh yeah, yeah, I know what the geologic column is. I even, I, I used that though and, and had a great conversation. I'll share a little bit more about that in a minute, but I even threw it out on Instagram and I'm, I'm thankful that you guys out there on our Instagram page, you're a little smarter than the average on the street person because 40% of you said, yes, you knew exactly what the geologic column was, and 60% of you said, no, don't know what the geologic column is. So apparently we've got to, uh, we got to lay a little groundwork for what today's conversation is about. And because so many people don't know what the geologic column really is, I need to give away a book. Can, can we do that? Can we give away a book? Let's thank our friends at Master Books, by the way, producer of tons of great content. Uh, you can reach them by going to masterbooks.com, but Master Books does a great job. So this book is from them, and it's actually by our guest today, Andrew Schnelling. Dr. Schnelling has written Grappling with the Chronology of the Genesis Flood, and this is something that creation scientists are wrestling with. I want to give away this book today. All you have to do to get this book is type into the comments, I want that book. 
Now, if you want brownie points, the ladies over in the office are going to be talking behind your back and deciding who gets this book. We'll give away one to the probably the Facebook page, one to the YouTube page, and probably uh, uh, we'll probably do another one. Uh, we'll see what we do. We'll see what they pick. Okay, so tell them where you're from, though, if you want to add some brownie points. Say, here's where I'm from. And if you really want to say, tell them you need it. Tell them, give them a real sob story about why you need this book so that you can understand this or so you can give this book to a friend so that they'll finally understand the truth that God's word is, is right about the flood. So you beg them for that book in the comments and look forward to doing that. Hey, bonus, today we're also giving away something to everybody. We did a movie on the Grand Canyon called Scarred Earth. And this movie we're giving away to everyone. They'll put the link in the comments or in the chat. But it's just simply GrandCanyonMovie.com. GrandCanyonMovie.com. Everybody gets a copy of that. And Kent, you're hooking somebody up with this one, huh? Kent yeah, said out, out of his own paycheck, he is going to hook somebody up with this copy of Scarred Earth right here. Kent, how are we giving this one away? What are we any doing? Member. Any Any member. So if you are a Creation Today partner out there and you're joining us live, I see a bunch of you on here right now. All you got to do for our Creation Partners is some one of our partners, throw in the chat, I want that DVD, and you beg the ladies for this DVD, and we'll send you your own copy of Scarred Earth on DVD. Really cool. And I will deface. You want me to sign it? Assigned. We will make it worth less by signing it and then sending that to you. Yes. Kent, are you going to sign it too? Kent, come on. They want your, they, you guys want, and comment if you want Kent's autograph on that, because I think you probably would. Hey, shout out to a couple special partners we want to recognize today. Justin from Washington, uh, thank you for being a partner with Creation Today. Gary from Iowa, Sil, I, I should have asked the girls, uh, Sylvain, Sylvain, I, I think I got that pronunciation right. You're up in Canada, so uh, maybe I got it wrong, because it seems like a lot of things up there I get wrong. Wow, you guys got an interesting system up there. But uh, thank you guys for being our Creation Today partners. We love partnering with you really to help us reach the world. If you're out there on social media, our YouTube channel, or one of our Facebook channels, uh, or Instagram, or one of our podcast listeners, we just want to say thank you so much. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, take a selfie of you watching this webinar, or take a screenshot and share it on social media with us, hashtag Creation Today. Uh, if it's Instagram, I think you'd have to send it to us. You'd have to actually send it to Creation Today. So send us a DM. We'd love to share those with you guys. And podcast listeners, if you wouldn't mind rating the show, uh, however you feel. You know, if you're an atheist out there, we already know you're going to give us a bad rating, even though it's great content. You're not rating on the content. Uh, and by the way, a lot of our show topics and uh, guests come from your ideas. So if you have an idea for a topic or a guest that you'd like me to have on the show, would you please put that in the comments or send me an email directly, erichovend at creationtoday.org, erichovend at creationtoday.org. Just send me a chat or send me an email and let me know who you'd like to see on and what you'd like talked about. Today's guest, I'm really excited about this, guys. Chandler, I'm excited about this. Today's guest is Dr. Andrew Schnelling. He is a leading geologist in the creation versus evolution movement. Uh, on the creation side, he says, look, the Bible is his authority. And he's, he's doing an incredible job of going, okay, let's have this be our guide 
and learn about God's world through this. He's written numerous books, got lots of DVDs out there. And Kent, what's so cool about him? What's really cool about Dr. Dr. Andrew Schnelling? He's an Aussie. He's an Aussie. He's got that really cool accent. I probably totally messed it up. Dr. Schnelling, thank you so much for coming on the show with us. We really appreciate it. Hello. <laughs> hey, Doc. Thanks for G'day. joining us today. G'day. Good to see you. Good to be with you. Man, just anything you guys say with that accent, it automatically sounds, it's almost British. I mean, you're like right there, man. You're really close. Yeah, be careful. We're not British, although we have our <laughs> British roots like you do. That's exactly right. Uh, and I guess both of us are glad we're not in England and we're not in Australia right now with everything going on. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have... You, 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 real, you realize the reason why Australia was started is because you guys rebelled. <laughs> so we are the reason for your existence and for your accent. So I'm the one who made you sound this smart. That's basically what you're saying. Well, no, not quite you. <laughs> it was King, oh, King man. George. <laughs> you, uh, I'll just put it out there. Uh, Dr. Schnelling, you're amazing. Uh, you have dedicated your life not only to serving God, but like every branch of science that was ever developed, you're serving God through studying God's world and educating people about the truth of his world. Are, are you really a, a PhD scientist that truly believes what the Bible says? Because there'd be people that argue that's not possible. No, absolutely. Absolutely. From the very first verse, I accept God's word as literal history as written. And uh, yeah, my PhD is from the University of Sydney, Australia. And yes, I'm a real scientist. <laughs> now, has your, um, has your stand or your view, your worldview that God's word is true, has that caused any issues for you in the academic world? Yes, absolutely. In fact, uh, even when I was doing my PhD, I, uh, my supervisor found out that I was a creationist and warned me to be very careful. And subsequent to the granting of my PhD, there were two attempts to have my PhD taken from me. So you do all the work, you do what they require, and your worldview is what they don't want to let through. Correct. Unbelievable. Well, this is the problem that we're having uh, literally around the world. It's, you know, they like to talk about peer review. It's actually how do we keep our view what we want it to be rather than allow these other views in. Um, hey, I went on a trip with you to the Grand Canyon, and it was the trip of a lifetime. I've even got a little highlight video. Uh, we hit some rapids, didn't we? Absolutely. Kent, can you show them that video? an incredible trip. Now you had a, a specific way of describing a trip down the Colorado River. I'm showing a lot of the highlights and you said it a couple times, but I'm not sure I got the phrase right. What is it like to go down the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon? Long periods of boredom punctuated by short rains of terror. <laughs> That's the phrase I was thinking of. You do sit on that raft for a long time, but the view, every corner is amazing and every rapid is unique. Uh, we did, in our, in, on our raft, we did scrape the side one time, I and mean, we're going down a really fast rapid. 
and we scraped the side one time. Just to prove that he's an expert, by the way, guys, those of you joining me out there on social media, I thought I'd play a little game called Stump the Expert. Doc, are you up for my Stump the Expert game here? You don't know what's coming. I guess I have no alternative. <laughs> I'm the host, so I get to do this. I've got my Grand Canyon River Guide book that we got when we went down the Grand Canyon with you. And it literally takes you through the entire canyon. So it shows you all the different rapids and stuff like that. How many times have you gone down this? this uh, uh, over 40 times. How many? Over 40 times. 40 times. I'm not going to be able to stump you. All right. I don't uh, know. Let's see here. I want to find a rapid and see if you know. Okay. Do you happen to know uh, what is before the 122 mile rapid which rapid is before that but it's after the 13.5 mile rapid oh there's two of them no it's between the uh, 119 mile rapid and the 122 mile rapid do you happen to remember which rapid is in there yeah that'd be black tile rapid got it oh my word you have really been down well, this you it easy <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here okay um between Black, Black Tile Canyon is one of my favorite places. That's a beautiful place, isn't it? You remember um, that one? I do. I, I mean, I'm. I go. I went back through my pictures because I thought it'd be kind of cool to show a bunch of pictures and talk about all the locations that we went. But everybody else would be like, "I just want to go." By the way, you can go to the Grand Canyon. Doc. Absolutely. How? And uh, I saw. Uh, I think I saw his name on here. He is. Nate Loper is watching us too. right oh, now. Nate. And Nate, you're the man, dude. You are the man. So, uh, Doc, you go with Nate on a regular basis with Canyon Ministries down the Colorado River. They offer one day excursions. They got uh, three day, they got hiking trips, they got rafting trips. Uh, you got to get a hold. Rim tours. Yes, rim tours. Uh, and that's all through Canyon Ministries, right? Yes. Uh, love the work that Nate is doing. He uh, went on his first trip down the Colorado River 10 years ago, and now uh, he's running. I think that's Nate. I, I don't have my chat open, so I'll get it open in a second, Nate. Uh, but man, love it. Would really encourage you guys to go to Canyon Ministries. Uh, Nate, throw that in the chat for me so I can get it right. I was going to say .com or .org. Um, oh, it's probably in there. Canyonministries.org. Go to canyonministries.org and uh, check that out. Of course, I go to the Grand Canyon as well. I'm not going with Nate yet. I got to get that figured out, Nate. Uh, but you can go to creationtoday.org slash Grand Canyon. I just do one a year, though. So I'm pretty limited and kind of picky about who I go with, to be honest. Yeah, it's in, it's in Nate's genetics and his blood because you, you learn about his great uncle dying in the Grand Canyon. That's right. Bird so he He's drawn to this place to redeem it for the glory of God. That's what's going on. Wow. Well, you obviously know about the Grand Canyon, but I'm here today to talk to you about your studies and your scientific research in the Grand Canyon that is turning the entire idea that the canyon formed over millions of years or that those layers formed over millions of years on its head. And science today is blowing it away. Um, can you... Can you tell me a little bit about the, the research you decided to do and why you decided to do research in the Grand Canyon? Sure. Everybody who's ever been to the canyon or seen photographs of the canyon are familiar with the horizontal layers that make yep. up the, wall of the walls of the canyon. Well, in certain places, those layers, which are full of fossils and we believe were deposited by the flood, uh, have been bent. 
and they've been what we call folded. And uh, in some places, folded through 90 degrees. And uh, those rock layers are folded smoothly. You, you, you know, and in everyday experience, people know that rock is like concrete, man-made rock called concrete, that if you try to bend it, it's going to break. And yet these rocks haven't broken in these bends in the Grand Canyon. And so I knew that um, uh, a lot had been written about the Grand Canyon. And I know that, you know, under heat and pressure, it's like if you try to bend steel, you can't bend steel, but if you heat it up, it gets soft. Well, you can do that with rocks. Um, I thought, well, maybe there's some information in the geologic literature. And I found that no one had really studied these folds because the implications are quite devastating for the millions of years idea. These bent layers, in fact, straddle the whole sequence of rock layers making up the, up the walls of the canyon. They're supposed to represent over 300 million years. And yet the problem is that you either have to have the rocks, uh, you either have to have the rocks heated under temperature and pressure over millions of years for the folding to take place, or it had to take place when the layers were still wet and soft. And, and what do we see? Well, we don't see macroscopically, and this is why I wanted to get samples to look under the microscope, we don't see any evidence of the heat and pressure that's needed over millions of years to bend those layers smoothly. The, the conclusion, therefore, if that's the case, then these layers had to bend when they were still soft. But you would think after hundreds of millions of years of these layers piling up and, and then the bending taking place, they should have been hardened by then because we know from everyday experience it doesn't take a long time for rocks to harden. It's like uh, concrete. You know, you dry it out and the cement in the concrete makes the concrete hard. Well, it's the same with rocks. Chemicals in the water between the grains making up the rock, the sand grains, are going to cement the rock, the sand grains together very quickly. And so well, <laughs> that's why I set out to do this research because I wanted to get samples to describe these rock layers, look under the microscope to see if there were effects from temperature and pressure or fracturing and things like that. Because to rule out, to rule out slow processes over millions of years and show that all the layers formed uh, were bent when they were still soft straight after them being deposited. That's exactly what we predict based on the Bible's description of the Genesis flood. Well, I've got somebody on Facebook that disagrees with you. Surprise, surprise. I don't know. I don't know Benjamin's, uh, you know, pedigree yet. I'd imagine it's not quite where yours is, but he says, listen, guys, guys, guys on Facebook. Hey, you can't bend rock quickly, but with time and pressure, you can deform plasticity. Scientists have demonstrated this in the lab and we understand how it works. It's called dislocation creep. And so actually you can do it slowly with time and pressure. What, what do you think about that? Well, yes, you can, but you also have the effects left behind in the rocks, the pressures. You'll also have the temperature increase. You would expect to see deformation of the mineral grains, 
fracturing, uh, the, the grain boundary sliding, and you'd also expect to find mineralogical changes in the rocks. And that's why I deliberately set out in this research not only to sample the fold, the bent layers themselves in the bends, but the same layers miles away from the bends because I wanted to compare layers that hadn't been affected by bending with the layers that had been affected by bending to see if things were different mineralogically, texturally, because I'm well aware of what Benjamin says. Yes, it's in the literature that under pressure and temperature and time, rocks do, do deform. And we see that, we see temperature and pressure effects in, say, rock layers in the European Alps, where you can see the layers are bent. But there have also been metamorphosis. There's been mineralogical and textural changes. And so the question is not whether, not whether that happens like that, but whether we see the effects like that in these rock layers in the Grand Canyon. And that's what the research is, was aiming to, to look at. Well, Benjamin, there you go. He had already thought of that very point. Now, Doc, I need you to uh, kind of critique how I did. I went out on the street. I asked people if they'd heard of the geologic column. Most of them said no. How would you get that much dirt or that many, that many layers of rocks to bend without cracking? And they haven't heated up because otherwise it would change the morphology of it. So how do we get all those layers to bend and not crack, but instead bend as still soft sediments? Tectonics? Then it would have cracked. It would have cracked the rock. And if it heated them up, it would have changed the morphology of the rock and created different rocks out of it. That's how my, my mind's in right there. Because... Well, I mean, it's a fact. It's, I've, it's like, it's there. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out... How does that fit inside of what you know? Yeah. Let me ask you this. Would you consider this? Is it possible that all those layers were laid down at one time and it was one flood event so that all of them were soft sediment? And as soft sediment, the tectonic uh, activity actually bent them, Kaibab Plateau there lifted up, and then they all hardened at the same time. But what that would do, if that's true, it takes away the millions of years. And it says they all had to form pretty quickly. Does that make sense? I can see that. You can see that? I, I basically said, because he, he was presenting the older worldview, and I went in and I talked about how they're bent, and if it was while they were old as hard rock, I said, the heat and the pressure would have changed, and I used the word morphology of the rock. Would that be a correct term or not quite? Uh, metamorphism, metamorphism, the metamorphic changes, metamorphose the rock. Okay. It's, uh, like, the meta it's like changing the caterpillar into butterfly. Right. So I had the right idea. I said it would change. It would. It would literally. You would see the change in the rock, mm -hmm. and we don't see those changing. I, uh, I got my Play-Doh here with me, Doc. I don't know. Do, do you? Uh, do you ever do scientific experiments with Play-Doh? Uh, not lately. I used to do as a kid, and I know some geologists do. They set well, up these. They set up these models in boxes like that with the Play-Doh, different coloured layers. And do what you exactly what you've done, you know. Try to play with it. Well, so yeah, I did that. Uh, my, I got to, I got to admit, Amanda uh, was laughing at me. And yes, I'm letting everybody know that Amanda, you laughed at me as I was getting my experiment ready. But check it out, Doc. I've got 20 layers. There are 20 layers at the Grand Canyon. I got oh, wow. 20 layers 
of Play-Doh, 20 different colors of Play-Doh, and you can actually demonstrate how when these are still soft, they can bend and it won't change the, metam the morphology. That's not the right way to say it. What it won't metamorphose the, the, the Play-Doh. <laughs> it won't metamorphose, metamorphose. That sounds really cool. Metamorphose the Play-Doh. And so what, what you did, Doc, so we got, let's, let's bend it like that, because this is what I saw with you in the Grand Canyon. I saw layers of rock that were completely bent at 90 degree angles. And your research actually went in. Now, granted, this represents over a mile of dirt right here, okay? So we're down here on these different layers. You went in and you took samples from right inside the curves to determine were those bent while those layers were soft or were those bent after it was hard rock? And that's what we're going to talk about today because this is new leading research. This is, I need you guys to understand something. Um, the, the geology today was born in the, I'll call it the womb of an old earth worldview. So 1795, a guy named James Hutton writes a book called Theory of the Earth and presents maybe the earth is very old. 1830, Charles Lyell and others developed the geologic column, which is the layers to the earth all put together. Tell me if I get anything wrong here. And so in 1830, after people had adopted an old earth worldview, that's when geology was really born. And it was born in the idea that maybe the rocks were very, very old. Do I have that right? Well, two, two points I would make. The layers do exist. That's not the issue. They are stacked up like that, like we can see at the beginning of the, in the Grand Canyon. But the millions of years is an interpretation imposed on the rocks. And that, that interpretation starts with the belief that geological processes have always acted the same way as they do today. And it's a deliberate rejection of the scriptures that speak of a global cataclysmic flood. So your research went in and said, we want to show that all these layers are the result of a flood. In other words, a one-year flood, a biblical view, would make sense of the science that we see today. Correct, yes. In fact, some of the uh, results that I've already published show that the layers themselves, regardless of the bends, the folds, the layers themselves, the evidence in those layers show that they form very rapidly. So I want to get into this. By the way, Doc, I did try. <clears throat> this is, this is kind of ugly. I tried to do one set where I baked it, and I baked it long enough so that we could actually break it, but... All, and it, oh, look, it does kind of, you, you do see it tearing apart, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it it's they've made, they've made Play-Doh way better than they did when I was a kid, yeah. because I had this in my oven for two days and uh, it did not dry out. Okay. Yep. Well, another way of illustrating it is when you mix up the batter for a, for a cake, it's nice and smooth and you can shape it all the rest of it. After you put it in the oven, if you, if you try to bend the cake, it's going to fall apart. We should have done cakes, guys, and we could have That's eaten right. our science project. People love sugar more than they do Play-Doh. I should have talked to you before doing this, Doc. Oh, man, I should have run this by you. All right, so walk us no, through some of the... you've done very well. You've done very well. <laughs> walk us through... 
some of the science experiments because I remember standing and I, I shot a video and I put it on my on my uh, Instagram page. I shot a video when we were across from the Colorado, the Colorado River. Yep. We're going through the Grand Canyon and we're right across from uh, Monument Fold and we're looking back at Monument Fold and I'm going, I, I feel like I'm standing at a at a precipice in history when you're releasing your research right now that scientifically is destroying the idea that these layers were formed slowly over millions of years. And I remember looking and talking to you about these, where you went, where you got your different samples from and what this is showing. Get, we we got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube here in just a minute, but can you give them a, a less than five minute overview of what you discovered? And then I want to go into detail with our Creation Today partners on what you've done. Well, well first of all, Eric, we found uh, I found that the layers, the, the samples taken from the bends in the layers were a same in the layers, the same layers miles away. There was no difference in the, in the mineral composition, the mineral grains, the constituency, the, the cementing. Uh, there was no evidence of any metamorphic changes. There were no uh, changes of the minerals into to new different minerals. Uh, the the um, minerals that were there as a result of the sedimentation were still intact. Uh, for example, one particular mineral that's very soft is uh, mica. Um, if anyone goes to the beach and you see these light, shiny, silvery flakes, uh, that's, that's muscovite or white mica. And uh, these were deposited in the sandstone, one of the layers I sampled at, the, at Monument Fold, where you, you, which you mentioned. Yep. And uh, these, layer, these mica flakes are with between the sand grains in the rock layers away, same sandstone away from the fold and also in the fold. And uh, they retain the features that they had when they were laid down rapidly uh, by water currents. And they don't, they haven't changed as a result of the bending. They would have metamorphosed. There would have been changes uh, in the rock textures. Um, I'm even going to the extent of using a scanning of, of an optical microscope, but I've also used a scanning electron microscope to look at the, the cement, that is the, 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 uh, the minerals, the quartz primarily, the, the, the mineral that has grown between the layers to fill in the spaces uh, to make it rock hard now, make it rock hard now. And these grains, if the cement grains, if the rock had been bent after the cement had formed, that cement would have been disturbed. It would have been broken. Those crystals would have broken and had to reheal. But the, the scanning electron microscope shows that these grains are pristine. They, they are still in the form in which they originally grew to make the cement. So in other words, it wasn't, it wasn't depositing of the layers, then cementing, and then bending millions of years later. No, it was, it was sedimentation, depositing, then bending, and then finally, they dried out and the cement hardened. And that's exactly what we predicted, we predict from the flood, 
because all these layers were deposited rapidly under the floodwaters, according to the Bible, they would have been still wet and soft when the bending took place, and then they dried out, so the cement crystals were the last to grow, and that's what the scanning electron microscope shows, and the, the optical microscope uh, observations show. So it's quite exciting because these bends go through all the layers that make up the walls of the Grand Canyon. So they and all this, have to form very rapidly, which wipes out hundreds and hundreds of millions of years. And that's what I want to make sure people understand here. If we went on the evolution worldview and said the evolution worldview is true, they would say the bottom layer formed first. And then over millions of years, these layers formed on top, but the bottom one was solid before the next one formed. Is that well, what Yeah, it would, the, heat, the pressure of everything pressing down would squeeze the water out and they would dry out over, over millions of years. Absolutely. So about when, they, when we're talking at the bottom here, how old are they saying those bottom layers they are? They say that's five, just over 500 million years old. 500 million. And by the time you're at the top, you're at modern day? Well... Uh, further to the north of the Grand Canyon, in what we call the Grand Staircase. At the That's top true. of the Grand Canyon, we're talking about 250 million years later. But then they say the folding didn't occur until 50 or 60 million years ago. That's 450 million years after that first bottom layer was deposited. So if you had 450 million years, this bottom layer would have turned to solid rock. It wouldn't yeah. be soft. It has 10,000, more than 10,000 feet of other layers stacked on top of it, pressing down on it. And yet you're doing your research right here showing, no, it was bent along with all these others. They were all bent before anything turned to solid rock. This Correct. is amazing. This is amazing. Well, I want to give away your book. Uh, it's, uh, it's really, really cool. I'm sorry. I don't, I've got the ebook version and uh, Masterbooks is letting me give away a copy of that. So I want to give away grappling uh, with Genesis, uh, the chronology of the Genesis flood. Okay, Genesis movie Facebook page. If you're on our Genesis movie Facebook page, Heidi Joe, you are the winner of that book, Heidi Joe. If you're on my Facebook page, the Eric Hoven Facebook page, Richard L I N C K Link, Richard Link, you have won that. And then uh, on YouTube, our winner is from the Netherlands. I'm going to butcher your name, but it's Nikki de Veris, 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 Nikki de Veris, Nikki de Veris from Netherlands. You've won the book. Congratulations. So that's awesome. And our Creation Today partners, uh, the winner of the Scarter DVD, and I will destroy this with an autograph if you don't mind, uh, Mariah. Mariah, you have won this DVD. We will ship that out to you. That's awesome. By the way, the ladies told me we are now allowed to talk about it. I wanted to all month last month. We've got some brand new t-shirts in that you are going to love. Uh, you go to the creation store, creationtoday.org slash store. Check out our new uh, gear that you can wear. I, I came back from a trip where I was in the airport and I thought, you know, I go and I witness to a lot of people and I, I share the gospel and I pass out tracks. What if, what if people that were in need just came to me and I said, hey, would you make me a shirt that just says, ask me for prayer? And she went on, Jules went on to make a lot of incredible shirts. So go to Creation Store. Oh, I'm sorry, Amanda. My bad. Creation, today's Facebook page, 
Kent Wilkins, you are the winner of that book on the Creation Today Facebook page. So uh, you get that book. But uh, these are all available. Go check them out. Uh, we are, by the way, in our last 100 days of 2021. September 23rd launched our 100-day challenge. And we just want to ask you, what are you doing to impact eternity with the last 100 days of 2021? As of today, you've only got 87 days left. What are you doing that's going to matter for eternity? What are you going to do for the rest of 2021? And if you're honest and you're not doing much, why not partner with us and allow you and I to reach more people together? It's because of partners like you that allow us to reach students and parents with the truth. And we consider it an honor to join your hands and your feet to reach around the world with Creation Today. You can go to creationtoday.org partner if you want to be a part of what we're doing here. Next week, by the way, we're talking about dragons. Are they history or myth? With Dino Dave Wetzel, the president of Genesis Park. Dr. Schnelling, I want people to check you out before we kick them off. So contact information for Dr. Andrew Schnelling. He works at Answers in Genesis. I'm sure answersingenesis.org would be a great place. The girls are putting in the chat your Answers Research Journal. You're publishing this and making it available for everyone, right? Correct, yes. Open, and open access, online publishing, available 24-7 anywhere in the world. You're not trying to hide this research. You're not saying, well, let oh. me, you know, this is, this is full transparency what you guys are discovering. Yep, it's been announced and announced and announced. <laughs> well, in, in the second half, I want us to go into some of the problems that you had you guys don't understand. He couldn't even get the permits for a religious reason. They didn't want a young earth creationist doing research in there. I'll let you tell our partners about that. Social media, I look forward to seeing you next week. Or come on over to creationtoday.org, become a partner with us, and enjoy all of these conversations. Would love to have you. God bless.